Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to another Rod Tucker Says podcast. Had a friend a while back ask me if I would record an episode on identity in Christ. The title of this one is actually going to be, uh, I think, maybe um, read the whole book or starting in the right place. And so in order to kind of go deep on identity in Christ, I want to start by uh, thanking you, my friend Bob, for asking me to do this, and then diving into some deep stuff. So in order to kind of help you, the reason I do these podcasts is is to help you thrive, and it's to help you be inspired in who you are, because the reality is you're the hero of your story. This isn't about me creating a platform. This is about you becoming the hero of your story, which is why I do this stuff. It's why I preach. It's why I write books. It's why it's why I do everything. I want you to be the hero of your story, and I want you to find success and confidence in what you're doing. And so when my friend asked me to do Identity in Christ, I was like, man, this is right up my alley, so I am on. Um, I will say on Facebook Live, I have a friend. His name is Rashad, and he's watching, and he is the best point guard I have ever seen in my entire life. He's probably old now. Probably can't dunk anymore, but man, he's a sweet point guard. So that's just the Facebook Live shout out. Um, let's begin. Identity in Christ. If we open up the Bible to Genesis chapter 3, we're going to begin to understand where everything went wonky, wonky for us in understanding our identity in Christ. And, and in Genesis chapter 3, we find this really unique thing. And many of you have heard the story, but Adam and Eve, they're not supposed to eat from this tree and they do. And they go from naked and unashamed, if you read closely to the words of Genesis chapter 3, they go from naked and unashamed to naked and ashamed. And in my study, I found it really interesting that when they go from one naked to the other, there's actually two different Hebrew words that are used. One is arom and one is irom. And the first one, naked and unashamed, just means they were lacking um, clothes. They, they, were, they were naked. They didn't have any clothes. But then after they eat the fruit that they're not supposed to, the new word for naked is lacking appropriate covering. And so they feel what I call shame. Now, if I'm going to define, define shame to help us understand identity in Christ a little better, the way I'm going to define that is if guilt is the belief that you've done something wrong, then shame is the belief that you are the thing that is wrong. That's a very big distinction that I want to make and I want you to understand. Guilt, we believe we do something wrong, we feel bad about it. Shame, we believe we are the very thing that is wrong. And so in this story of creation, which was obviously written after the fact, because uh, Adam and Eve didn't write it, Moses did, or one of his scribes, um, we find the three things that they do. One is they sow fig leaves to cover themselves. Such a unique thing. When you're lacking appropriate covering, they they automatically started making clothes. I mean, clothes hadn't even been invented yet. And here these guys are trying to make them out of fig leaves, which you're going to find out a couple things really quickly. Fig leaves don't work. Um, fig leaves fall off. And don't make your clothes out of like a leaf and plants, but they have to cover themselves up. That's what they feel like they have to do. I take a pause, a timeout right there, and I say that, uh, welcome to North American consumerism. 
it goes like this. There's something wrong with your life, and if you don't buy our product, you're not going to cover yourself up. You're not going to fix yourself. There's a problem with your life. If you buy this product, everything will be right, and it goes on and on and on and on, and welcome to the cycle of sowing fig leaves. Now, they quickly find that that doesn't work. The fig leaves don't fall off, and no matter what you put over the top of you, you're still there. You have to deal with what's going on internally. And so they fi even find a deeper shame within themselves of feeling totally screwed up, effed up, and they start hiding, and they hide. We've all done that. If I go to this place, if I'm in this relationship, if I'm with these people, I'm not good enough at sowing fig leaves. I'm not good enough at covering myself, so I might as well just not go, and I'll call them all hypocrites. We, we do that all the time. I've done it. You've done it. It's kind of the life we live. But... What's unique about all of this is God comes along and he finds them. And his first question isn't, hey, you guys screwed up. His first question is, why are you hiding? Why were you hiding? And right in that moment when they've been found out, not only in their sowing fig leaves and their inability to cover themselves up, but in their hiding, they're not even good hiders, they immediately start to blame. And the blame game, I call it... Um, I call it projecting because we want to point the finger away and we play this game called, well, at least I'm not. I like to call it the at least I'm not game. Um, if I have something going on in my life and I can point my finger at someone else, then I can get everyone's attention to shift and they can look in that direction and then all of a sudden the focus is off of me. The issue with all of that is that sowing, hiding, and blaming, those three metaphors, they don't take away the shame the belief that we are the thing that is wrong. It's not just guilt that we're dealing with, it's shame and the belief that we are the thing that is wrong. Now, let me pause because you got to follow me here. And I don't consider it my calling and passion in life to call out the church and everything they do. But I do feel really passionate about understanding truth. And so I would ask you this question. When you were raised in the faith, what is one of the first things you learned about yourself? For a lot of us, it's, I'm a sinner. And I think it's fun to record a podcast and be on Facebook Live because people are saying hi. Quentin, hi. Johnny, hi. You guys are great. Um, and feel free to chime in if you have some questions, but I'll just skip over them if I don't know the answer. <laughs> but when you're raised in faith, one of the first things we learn about ourselves is that we are sinners. And we see it at baby dedications and baptisms. It's like, look at this totally depraved child we're holding up in front of you. And everybody kind of laughs and we joke about how they cry at night. But in all honesty, what we're communicating to that child is that from the moment they're born there's something wrong with them. And we hear it over and over and over again. And then, and then sometimes we end up at church camp or we end up trying to share what we call the salvation message with someone. And we always start it with, you're a sinner. And we don't say it um, in these exact words, but it's almost as if we say, you're a sinner and God can't stand you. But Jesus made God happy. Jesus came to make God so he could put up with you. And I just want to I just want to pause and I want to no notice something with all of you. 
we have started our whole understanding about ourselves in the third chapter of Genesis. Now, friends, if the Bible is a book about humanity and what it means to be human and relate to our Creator, it's probably a good idea to start at the beginning, not in Genesis chapter 3. I think we started in the wrong place. So if we were to backtrack and start in the, in the beginning, we, we would find a verse that says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was dark and formless, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters of the earth. And then God said, let there be light. And we start to see a poem come into play where God is creating things and separating things and breathing life into things. But after he does it, each time the rhythm of this poem says, and God saw that it was good. And then he does something else. And God saw that it was good. And then he does something else, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good. And we step away from being in Genesis chapter 3, and all of a sudden, we're in Genesis 1. And we look at ourselves in the mirror, and instead of saying, you totally depraved scoundrel who can't do anything right, we look in the mirror and we say, I'm going to start in the right chapter, and I am good. You're so good, in fact, that God spoke everything into existence but you. When it came to you, he used his hands. When he came to you, he started to mold stuff together. And even when we jump over to the Psalms, it says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The God who created the universe was actually afraid when he made you because he wasn't going to mess up. He needed to make your DNA perfect he needed to make your eyes work the way that your eyes work and your hands work the way that your hands work and your mouth work the way that your mouth works so that when you engage people, you represent the image of God. You, friends, you were made good. You're the hero of your story. Now, we did sin, but we didn't mess it all up. Because God came in and he said, I'm going to redeem this and I'm going to restore you back to the place where you can understand that no matter what happens from this point on, you are good. But so many of us run around like I'm totally depraved. I'm a Genesis chapter 3 Christian. I always eat from the, the tree. You need to be a Genesis 1 Christian that says God has made me good. And that goodness, I carry it with me. God has restored you back to his good status. And now I'm going to give you something. Thank you, Rashad and, and Quentin, um, for chiming in there. Now I'm going to give you something to really think about because I want you to process this. And I can be wrong. You can totally disagree with me. Thank you, Carrie, for chiming in. You can totally disagree with me here. But this is Rod Tucker's opinion. And it comes from uh, my book, Uncovered, The Truth About Honesty and Community. Our greatest struggle is not to not sin, but to stand up under the grace of God. And I'll say that one more time. Yours and my greatest struggle is not to not sin, but it is to stand up under the grace of God. Because once you can stand up under the grace of God, then friends, listen, nothing can take you out. You can walk out on the street and you can pray with people. 
You can step out into your life and you can love people well, and that can not be contingent upon your behavior or your belief about yourself or that day or the, the external thoughts that came into your head when you stood up in the morning to get dressed and you looked in the mirror. You don't have to be defined by that. Your greatest struggle can now be to stand up under the grace of God and believe that he made you good because that's what the word of God says, that God made you good. And this grace to make us good, this grace that God has when he spoke all of that into existence, it came back storming through Jesus. And it was a painful process to bring Jesus into this world. Imagine Mary. Just like imagine her pregnant. And imagine, I mean, we... I don't know what it's like to be pregnant, but I'm telling you, man, when you've got life inside of you, there's a point where that has to come out and it's a painful experience and it is hard and you feel like you're going to die. It takes everything you have to get that out, but then you realize something that life just came out of you and it was a painful process for Mary and she was pregnant with the holy, this thing that was restoring back the goodness so that we never have to waver in that again. And then we read this verse in Colossians that says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity of God lived in bodily form. And you've been given fullness in Christ. Listen, friends, you are the hero of your story. And here's why. You're good. You're not a Genesis 3 Christian. You were never intended to wake up in the morning or the first thing you believed about yourself was that you're a Genesis 3 Christian, totally depraved, separated from God. You were a Genesis 1 follower of Jesus. You were made good. He sustains you as good. He lifts you up as good. And you've been filled with fullness in Christ, which means if you listen very closely, you're pregnant like Mary. You're pregnant with the Holy. And because you're good, and God has breathed something into you that is so powerful and so amazing, called His Holy Spirit, you're meant to birth it out. And that message that's inside of you that you're meant to birth out, I'm telling you right now, that is going to communicate that other people can be Genesis 1 followers of Jesus as well. So let me summarize this podcast for you that I also recorded while I was doing Facebook Live really quickly. Adam and Eve sinned. They were naked without clothes, and then they became naked and ashamed. And because they were naked and ashamed, all of a sudden, they realized it's not about that we've done something wrong. We have shame. We believe we are the thing that is wrong. And they sewed fig leaves to try to cover themselves. We bought stuff to try to cover ourselves. They hid so that no one would see them. Welcome to my world. We hide so that no one will see us. And then they deflected and they blamed so that people would look away for them, away from them and focus on other people. And we were raised in that same exact theory, that same exact idea and theology that our lives start in Genesis chapter 3 that from the moment we're born we're sinners and we don't read Genesis 1 first that from the moment we're born we're good and God 
has made us good again. And you're good. I don't care what your mind tells yourself. You're good and you're the hero of your story. Friends, many of us just started in the wrong chapter. So may we be people who start in the right chapter of the Bible. May we be people who read Genesis 1 and hear God remind us over and over and over, you are good, you are good, you are good, and humans, you are very good. And let us stop declaring a reality that's not true, that people aren't good. And let us start proclaiming to them that the gospel is about Jesus calling that goodness out of us because we've been filled with the fullness of him. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that something resonated with you. Thanks for listening to the Rod Tucker Says podcast that I recorded on Facebook Live as well. May you be blessed and know that you are good. Go in peace.